Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is the Mind Your Body podcast, episode number 22, No Time to Get Healthy. Yeah, I feel like this episode (laughs) almost needs to have a trigger warning a little bit because, you know, today we want to talk all about some time management strategies and how to feel more in control of your time so that you can start implementing healthy strategies. But I know for myself, mm-hmm. when I first started thinking about this, I felt very defensive. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think when I was first learning about time management in general in my life, I was very defensive. And I think it was hard for me to absorb all of yeah. the concepts initially. It took some time for me to wrap my yeah. brain around it. And so We're just going to try to walk you through this in the ways that we've experienced for ourselves, we've seen with our clients, Mm -hmm. and give you some ideas and some stories to help you wrap your brain around how in the the world could I create more time in my life or find more time in my life when we're all very busy people. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the reason that we're talking about this is that it can feel so frustrating and demoralizing when you know you want to start getting healthier but you just don't know where to find that time. And Mm -hmm. it feels like extra, Yeah, you know, on top of this already overflowing stress bucket, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle adding anything else. So we want to talk today about some nuts and bolts strategies that can help you start integrating some of these healthy habits into your schedule without, you know, tanking your stress, feeling Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Right. And because we know that when our healthy habits feel like the extra things, that whenever life happens, they are the first things to go. We've talked about this in other episodes and we want this to become seamlessly integrated Mm -hmm. into your life. And, you know, if you're listening and you think, oh gosh, well, that's all great for you. Please just stick with us and, you know, listen to some of the ideas and strategies and see if you can start experimenting with some of this, Mm -hmm. you know, just in a, in a very gentle way, just lean in and listen. Don't try not to argue that, oh, that can't work for me or Mm -hmm. my schedule is uniquely busy compared to other people. And just kind of understanding we're all trying to juggle a lot of different things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have figured out 
how to integrate these habits into our life. And we've done that with our clients. Yep. Even for people that thought that they couldn't. Right. So, you know, hopefully there will be some really helpful, tangible takeaways today that can help you get started on reclaiming your time. Right. Yep. And I think, you know, along with that, we are not trying to, you know, fill up people's time every single moment and second of the day. I mean, we want to honor that there needs to be downtime in people's lives as well. And so, yeah, we're just going to talk about how we can integrate this into our lives in a healthy way where we're not kind of glorifying that social message that we get, at least here in the United States, that you're supposed to be busy all the time. Right. Um, And so that's not us glorifying that or trying to add to that in any way. In fact, we're going to try to give you a perspective that you can incorporate this into your life and not be the kind of restless, busy person all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing we want to talk about is time mapping and what this really is. It's a fancy way of saying that you're stepping back and getting kind of an objective, maybe 10,000 foot view of how you are actually using your time. Mm -hmm. This is a really illuminating process because I think that we feel like, gosh, I couldn't possibly fit in one more thing. But when you step back and you look at how you're actually using your day, I know for myself, I, I'm sure I still waste a lot of time Mm -hmm. right between social media, extra errands that maybe because I didn't plan ahead at the store, then I had to run back. You know, there's just all kinds of little areas staying up and watching Netflix that, our schedule really isn't reflecting what we say are our priorities. Are yeah. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. And I think, you know, doing this back when I was in college and I had two jobs, I thought like, hey, I'm like the busiest person in the world. There's mm-hmm. no way I would have any sort of extra right. time. But sometimes when you do that, you can you can see where those little pockets of time are or yeah, kind of get real with yourself about how much am I actually spending time on social media That's or doing things that maybe aren't adding to the things in my, or they're not adding to my life in ways that I want them to. And right. so, you know, kind of just honestly getting an assessment of, of where you're spending your time. And is that, is that really where you want to spend your time? Like, even if it is like a volunteer and extra activity that you're like, Hmm, I say I want this health goal, but then, you know, I give my time, my time. Yeah. In so right. many different areas. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, it just is a good way of just kind of getting, that on paper and seeing it tangibly. I think the other piece that I want to caution people on is, is don't beat yourself up. If all of a sudden you realize you're like, I got like hardly anything done today. Right. Cause I think I've done that before. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, you take that inventory and you're like, you think you were really busy and Mm -hmm. then you're like, I got two things done. No, that is so true. So don't like, just like everything else we talk about, approach this exercise from a place of curiosity yes. that, okay, I'm actually kind of facing myself. Yes. And we don't want to sometimes, no. you know, sometimes it's like, oh, that sounds uncomfy. Yeah. I don't want to face that I may be, you know, using my time not so wisely. So yep. we, you know, you can either do this just in a notebook, just, mm-hmm. you know, jotting down how you're spending your time. We've also linked to a time mapping PDF that, you know, is just a little more sophisticated, I, and I, but it doesn't require that. Right. It really doesn't. And again, this is not about going into shame or judgment. 
It's about we can't start to upgrade what we're doing until we get clear on what we're currently doing. Yeah, until we know <laughs> right. what is really going on. Because exactly. our brain is super good at like look like if we just do a general overview, being like, oh yeah, I was super productive. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know my my brain and other human brains were really good at deceiving ourselves into Absolutely. thinking that we did a lot more than we did. Yeah. And so this again, it's not about shame, but it's just about putting it on paper and being like, oh. That's that's what I really did today, you right. know. Right, and so again, this is this is where we can start to compare and contrast be- between what do I say my priorities are, whether that's spending time with your family, getting healthy, volunteering, and how am I actually spending my time? Mm-hmm. So you can just kind of get a, a realistic snapshot of what's happening there. And getting clear of the opportunity costs of the things that you're saying yes to, that whenever we say yes to anything... That means we are saying no to something else. Right. And it's just being clear about that, that I think a lot of times our ego wants us to say yes to the volunteer opportunity or to working that extra hour, but we just have to be clear in our mind, okay, that's an hour less that I'm going to get to spend with my kids or going to the gym or cooking some healthy food. And then you get to make a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean you have to choose one or the other, but we just have to be clear that anything we say yes to, we are, you know, by default saying no to other things. Right. So. Right. And the, and the other piece that it leads into is maybe figuring out, you know, if how we're doing things is part of the reason that we're not mm. having enough time. And that kind of leads into our next one, yeah. um, where we're learning more about how do we prioritize certain things that are, that have more weight or they do more per time. And so, um, I'm sure some of you have probably heard of this principle, the 80, 20 principle, mm-hmm. and you put it, I haven't read that out loud. So I'm a little, oh, okay. I'm a little yeah, reticent so that, to yeah. say that name. I'm like, I'm like, I, pr- the, is it the Pareto yeah, it, principle? It's called the Pareto principle. Pareto. There we go. Yeah. So it's it's the idea that for many situations, 80% of our results come from 20% of our efforts. So this is all about identifying those tasks that are going to move the needle. Right. The most. The most. Right. Yep, Versus the, most the little extras around the edges that really don't make that much of a difference, but right. they may be time consuming. Right. right. So... It's yeah. like if, you know, and I think of it, I have a lot of like business examples because that's how I'm trying to figure it out in my own life right sure. now. But, um, you know, I just think about that's why we track things in business and in marketing. Because if you don't, like you could spend all of your time trying to market right. in different ways and right. not knowing that, you know, the biggest bang for your time mm-hmm. is just in one area over spending all of your time trying to market across different platforms mm-hmm. or in different ways that aren't really serving or bringing you back. Absolutely. The you results know, you want. So, a real tangible example of this is doing batch cooking of like a variety of meats and veggies versus spending a bunch of time researching complicated recipes, you know, trying to order different spice blends that are, you know, exotic, Yep. you know, and they may only last one meal and then you've got the prep and the cleanup. Yeah. Right. So I, I have a client who she was doing this. She was finding that her weekend meal prep was taking her like five hours Mm -hmm. and I couldn't understand what was happening. And then I realized that she was spending so much time on the computer, you know, researching these complicated recipes, you know, she could have been in and out in two hours. Right. And yeah, I possibly those meals taste 
maybe 20% less exciting Mm -hmm. than the complicated recipes, but guess what? It's done. And she's got healthy food ready to go. She's going to feel confident and empowered for the week ahead. So if you do have limited time, really focusing on, okay, what are my big rocks? We've talked about that before. What Mm -hmm. are the things that are actually going to make the most difference? Let's focus on those first. And then if you have extra time to get fancy, (laughs) get all fancy, then go for it. But don't start there. Yeah. Well, and I think of I'm just, you, you know who you are when you're scrolling through Pinterest for like an hour looking at recipes and different healthy, you know, whatever is like, Mm -hmm. you just, once you've gone down that rabbit hole, that that's the stuff we're talking about that that's the extra fancy stuff. That's great if you have the time, but for a lot of us, that's not really, that's not really a thing. Right. And again, you know, in the context of this podcast, if you're saying I don't have time to eat healthier food or to exercise or to go to bed on time, then that's where we have to start getting honest with ourselves. Okay, how am I actually using those pockets of time that I do have? Mm-hmm. I need to be you know, more efficient. So a couple yes. more examples of the Pareto principle in action are would be going to bed so that you're rested and productive the next day versus staying up to look up recipes or do chores or Yes. Whatever. You know, that can feel like you're being productive and, oh, I can't go to bed because I've got to do these things. Gosh, the next day you're going to be able to be like 300% more efficient and productive if you just use that time to go to bed. Right. Right. And just, you know, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier because you brought this up and just the idea that a rested brain works so much better. I know that that's true in my life. Something that would normally take me an hour would all of a sudden take three hours or four hours or my brain goes into distraction land. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I think if you, if you know yourself too, knowing that I, I think for a lot of people, their brain does get very distracted when they're not rested and not Absolutely. feeding themselves well. And so that's part of this is mm-hmm. adding that into the, this is what I need for my brain to be more efficient so that I am having more impact with the time I am spending yeah. doing things throughout Absolutely. my day. And when our brains are fatigued, we are going to be much more likely to seek kind of dopamine producing activities that could be social media, that could be, you know, sugary snacks or carbs, Mm -hmm. right? That kind of thing that, you know, then we're not going to feel great about. So going to bed is a great example of this 80-20 rule. Another one in terms of exercise is doing 20 minutes of heavier resistance training, whether that's body weight workouts at home or at the gym is so much more efficient and effective than doing an hour of easy cardio. Yes. Which, you know, I'm not trying to bash on cardio. There is a time and a place for that. Mm -hmm. But if you're time crunched, that's what we're talking about. If your time is limited, then do what's much more efficient and effective in the time that you do have. Yes. So, and then you should cover this last one. Now, I I love this. You came up with this. So the other part of this is this may seem like we're trying to add more things onto your plate in the sense of this will take more time, but this is going to benefit you in the long run. It's making time to sit down and eat mindfully. Like make this a time of your day that you're actually 
just going to be with your food and kind of just shut off all the other things um, versus just trying to multitask and do your work while you're eating. I know this is something that I'm, you know, I still work on in my life to tell myself, hey, like, we're just going to focus on this. Um, because when it comes to putting things into your life, that is that is worth spending more time on that piece. And that's going to help you digest things better. It's going to set you up to have, well, when you digest things better, that's going to make the rest of your afternoon better. Cause I'm thinking of like lunchtime and, you know, that's going to make your work more productive. Um, this is something that, you know, we're, that is important for you to add into your life. And I, it's kind of like that. Have you heard the, um, there's this quote, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's, it's about meditation. It's like mm-hmm. if you don't have time for oh, meditation, yeah. you need to do it yeah, three times as long. If you don't have 10 minutes for meditation, you need to meditate for an hour. So, yeah. yeah. So this is kind of one of those funny things where we're, like, where we're trying to, you know, it kind of seems counterintuitive, but mindful eating is all the more important if you have a busy life. Well, so I'm always coming at this from the science nerdy angle, but your brain literally does not get the signal that you're full. When you're eating on the run, maybe you're trying to feed your kids and you're shoveling in a couple of bites or you're eating in the car, you are not likely to feel full and satisfied when -hmm. you're done versus the same number of calories that you sat down and ate you know, you chewed your food, you were focused on your food, grateful for your food, you're going to get to the end of that meal and be done, Mm -hmm. be satisfied versus your brain kind of thinking, well, what else? Mm -hmm. And then that leads to grazing throughout the afternoon. So again, if we're talking about, okay, how can I get healthier? It can seem counterintuitive that I actually need to focus on the food that I am eating. Mm -hmm. And that will make me much more feel much more in control of my food mm-hmm. later, which is a really good feeling to mm-hmm. just be able to just move on with your day. Yeah. You when know? I think it's just 15 kind of, minutes. Yeah. And it's taking a minute to get back in touch with your body, which I just think that a lot of people in our, in the Western culture, we don't realize how to do that. We don't know how to be inside of our bodies and feel like what's going on as we're doing it. And I mean, I know that it's not like glorified to like be as in tune with it, but that's part of people being more at peace, having more rest and digestion in their life, having less stress. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't think that the frantic person running around all the time is, you know, it's what's glorified in our culture, but it's not what makes a healthy, productive person long-term. I agree. This is kind of moving away from efficiency a little bit, but I think that this is an uncomfortable, this, you may be feeling uncomfortable listening to this right now. I know I was uncomfortable with doing this in the beginning of my health journey because I'd spent such a lifetime feeling like I did not deserve food. If my body composition was I felt gross. I'm Mm -hmm. like, you're too gross to deserve food. So I'm just going to kind of eat on the run and distract myself, you know, just get in food here and there. But I'm not somebody who deserves to sit down and actually nourish myself, Mm -hmm. feed myself. And so this may feel a little frictiony. So practice, just practice mm-hmm. sitting down and doing this. Don't, it, it shouldn't feel like torture. That's not what we're trying to do. And it, you don't have to chew your food 87 times. No, it's not about that, but it's just taking 
a few minutes to actually sit down and savor your food again, like we talk about all the time, making sure that your meals are delicious to you. And you can do that with mm-hmm. a nutrient-dense diet by adding you know, strategically healthy fats and carbs and texture and herbs and spices. Mm-hmm. Your food, you deserve food that tastes good. Mm-hmm. So... And you so deserve, I'm going to say that again. You deserve food that tastes good. Yes, like, and you deserve food, period. I think and, right. you know, a lot of the people I work with, sometimes that's part of their roadblock. You deserve to enjoy your food. That's what I'm saying. And it's so, you know, it's not that, okay, I know I deserve food, but it's, you know, dry chicken and broccoli. Mm. No, no. <laughs> life is too short. Like, let's remember we've got one shot at this life, people. Yes. Like we let's deserve jazz it up. Let's put some lemon juice on that. Yeah. Or like, you know, just, just chain variety. Variety yeah. is important. I mean, I know that again, ver- creating variety with the batch cooking is, is just a matter of having a bunch of different things on that's hand. Like yeah. Again, that's, that's how I always ready think to of just it. kind of like yep. mix together. So yep, for sure, that's kind of what we're talking about. And so it does take practice, you know, but this 80-20 principle is really a good one to just hang on to. So if you're getting ready to spend this next hour, you know, doing a certain activity, kind of just check in with yourself. Like, is this something that's going to move the needle or is this something that I could delegate or do if I have extra time later? Yes. Well, and I've I've just recently started uh, reading the four-hour work week. And he talks a lot about that sort of thing. And so um, I'm not done with it. So I'm not here to quote (laughs) all the things. I have lots of opinions about that book. But but. yeah, okay. So maybe there's there's different opinions on that. But I think the one thing that you can take away from that is is the idea of looking at the things you're doing in your life across the board with both, you know, your health journey and in your work life and also in, you know, other goals that you're trying to accomplish and just ensuring that you're kind of taking inventory every now and then of what is doing the most for like the least amount of time and the least amount of dollars and like Mm -hmm. the least amount of effort, you know, because I mean, it's just a really cool thing to be able to see, okay, like, wow, these things are doing like this part of my life. You know, I, I guess we should give a good example here. Um, you know, if I'm trying to, he, I just thought of the example he gave in the book, but I'm trying to think of one in my own life. Um, I think it just goes back into marketing. There, there have been marketing things that I have poured time and energy mm-hmm. into sure. that have yielded zero results. Yeah, right. You know, and then there's other things that I'm like, oh, that this is how I've gotten clients. This is how I've sure. actually, you know, built my business. And, and being able to take an inventory of that and put my energy there versus yeah. trying to do everything. And mm-hmm. I just think of it as like, you know, the you don't have to do all the things just so, find kind so of the way that I say this to clients and to myself is stop paying attention to things that have nothing to do with your goals. Okay. So what does that mean? So if my goal is to start eating healthier and to maybe get some fitness into my life, then I need to stop doing things like over researching recipes or mm-hmm. spending two hours watching YouTube videos on ketogenic diets, which right. is something right. one of my clients was telling yeah. me she was doing when she came to me yeah. that she just was constantly looking for other gurus and experts to follow, she, but she wasn't actually doing anything. She wasn't doing right? the work. Yeah. We can feel like we are, because we're busy, that can feel like we're being we're productive. Yeah. So that's where we just have to get honest. 
is this thing that I'm doing actually moving the needle? Like that same two hours, I could have batch cooked food for four days. Right. Right. So that's where we just have to start getting a little bit more honest with ourselves about what's busy versus what's productive. Yep. Yep. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. So what's this third thing? So, that is- so this one, this is probably something I've referenced in other podcasts, but it's get it on the calendar. We, with my clients, we get very granular about the week ahead, about where they are going to get in their shopping, their meal planning, their food prep, their exercise, and just as importantly, their social time, their play, and their fun. So... Again, I'm speaking as a mom, as a business owner, as a, you know, someone who has other family responsibilities. Gosh, if I don't schedule these things in, they're not likely to happen, especially the fun part Mm -hmm. (laughs) or, and sometimes the gym part as well. So we have to actually look ahead for the week because, you know, again, if you don't, you get to the end of the week and you're like, oh, I don't even have any plans for the weekend and it's too late now. Everyone's busy or I didn't get to the gym. Mm -hmm. So, and that, that really feeds into number four, which these are kind of should have been part three B, I guess Mm -hmm. this allows you to get ahead of potential roadblocks that may be coming up for you. An example is, you know, say for example, you have like a seminar going on all weekend If you hadn't kind of thought ahead of strategizing your week, you're not going to get in shopping and food prep Mm -hmm. for the weekend. And it's like, oh gosh. And then you're frustrated yeah, because, you know, you just weren't factoring that in. So sometimes, you know, you may have an evening meeting coming up or kids activities, travel, house guests, parties coming up. Thinking ahead allows you to do just the little details like, oh, I'm going to bring my dinner because I've got this evening meeting Mm -hmm. and that can be the game changer that can completely make you feel good by the end of the day. You're like, Oh wow. You know, kind of a badass. I totally followed (laughs) through on what I wanted to do just because I thought ahead a little bit. Right. Right. And I know that, you know, even in my personal life, one of the things I've learned about myself when it comes to setting myself up for a good week is when I travel, making sure that I have an extra day at the end to do oh, all the that's things so good. that, yes. because what I've done in the past is I haven't included an extra day or two to do that. And I come home that night and the next day, it's just, you know, still feeling the stress from oh, gosh, all of yes. the travel. And my whole week can be derailed just, just simply from the fact that I didn't have that time and space to meal prep, mm-hmm. um, to just even set out my calendar for business purposes, mm-hmm. to get centered and just kind of relax a little bit from the And then you're you're in reactive mode the entire week and you just feel like you just can't get ahead of the game. I think of it, the image I have in my mind is when you're standing up like close to the road, you're right at the edge of the sidewalk and the cars are whizzing past you. That's how a week like that feels to me. Mm. Like I am literally putting out fires right in front of me, but there's no strategy. There's no sense of peace. You constantly feel like, oh gosh, what am I forgetting? You know, what, 
falling by the wayside. Mm -hmm. Do I have clean underwear? Like all the essentials, right? right? Can kind of go out the window. So, you know, one of, again, so the thing I do now is when I look at my travel, I'm like, all right, I've got to add in an extra day or even, you know, I have to move clients in my profession. I I know not everybody can do that, but you know, in little ways that you can, if you can move stuff off to later in your week and just create space for yourself to just recenter and do some prepping for the week. It's so I'm, I'm glad that you said that because what we are talking about here, like you said in the beginning, is not packing every moment. We are actually trying to help you get strategic so that you can plan in margin. Yes. Margin to just be. Mm-hmm. Right? We And that's what's fun. If you're planning ahead, you're like, okay, I'm going to be productive in this way between this time and this time, and I am literally going to block off this evening or this hour, even this entire day to just do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, if you're not planning ahead, then you constantly feel like you didn't get everything done. You can't really ever relax. Right. Because we'll never get everything done. Right. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think my to-do list is ever done. No, it's it's endless. (laughs) It'll be done when I'm dead for sure. (laughs) But if I, but the more strategic, and I don't always get this right, like, Mm, that's an understatement. I, I'm still working on this. I'm a work in progress. That's like the theme of my life. <laughs> but when I do get this right, it feels so good because then, like if I plan out that I'm going to be done with work by the time my husband gets home, mm-hmm. we, I can actually just completely mentally go off work time Yes. in the evening versus if I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, then I feel like I just have to keep tuning in mm-hmm. and never fully chilling out. Mm-hmm. So, well, and the other part of that, like with our with our brains, if we're going to use some of the science, when we put a deadline to something that, like, if we create like these margins and times, and we just try to like say, okay, I'm going to get this done as much as I can in this Absolutely. block of time, we actually tend to be more productive right. and get more done than if we're just like, I'll do it at some point in the day, and the, oh, you know, so true. It's and, Somewhere and on so the calendar. I, I know I've talked about this before, but I use the Pomodoro technique. Mm-hmm. This has been a game changer for me mm-hmm. that basically I decide on a task. I set a timer for 25 minutes, which you can adjust that. Mm-hmm. And I totally eliminate distractions. There's no alerts, no social media, no going to the bathroom, no getting a snack or water. 25 minutes, I'm going to do that thing. And when that timer goes off, I'm not going to keep working. I'm going to take a five minute break and then stretch, go to the bathroom, whatever I want to do. And then however many I want to do of those. But research is clear that four of those 25 minute blocks, people are more productive than the average person is in an eight hour workday. Yep. Which is... It's really profound. In the beginning, I'll tell you, my brain wanted to run screaming like my hair was on fire Mm -hmm. because we are so distracted in this modern world that, oh my goodness, my brain just wanted an escape hatch. Well, and in our, like in the corporate world too, or if you do work by the hour where your day is just already kind of laid out eight to five, 
um, it kind of trains our brain to not be as efficient, right? Because for us, it's just a matter of, of taking up all the time that we can and just getting through. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Just, yeah, just getting through that day. So we're not in the mindset of, of hey, let me be efficient. Yeah, you're doing seat time. Basically then, seat yeah, time because then you'll be bored. There. Yeah. And then you'll just be twiddling Definitely. your thumbs and like, hey, I did all my stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what do sure. I do right now? So, But again, I think a lot, you know, a, a lot of you folks who are listening, you know, a lot of you are moms and mm. gosh, your work day is not done even if you have a nine to five job. Nope. You know, you've got all kinds of other responsibilities. So, so the next one here is to avoid black or white thinking of thinking that, okay, I just don't have time to do a whole batch cook session. So I'm not going to do anything mm. right. Avoiding that either or. So really you can get a ton done in like 15 minute increments. If you've got 15 minutes before you have to take your kids to soccer practice, you could cook a batch of taco meat, do a short workout or go for a walk. You could prep veggies for a stir fry that you're going to make later. You know, there's, I, I think typically we use those little 15 minute blocks, five, 10, 15 minute blocks to scroll on social media, mm-hmm. you know, just, okay, it's not enough time to do anything quote unquote real. So I'll so just, just kind of take it up with, yeah, right. social media distractions. And again, not, gosh, I'm definitely on social media too, but I am very clear about the fact that I'm not relaxing when I'm on social media. And I think we view that as taking a break. Mm-hmm. Our brains don't view that as a break. Mm-hmm. That is so much stimuli coming in and So we just need to be honest with ourselves that if you don't want to use that 15 minutes to do one of these short tasks, I would urge you to go sit on the porch Mm -hmm. and breathe. You you don't have to meditate, you know, just be. Just be. Yeah. If you are going to say, Hey, I'm just needing 15 minutes of rest. Yeah. Take the phone away. Maybe set an alarm if you need to and just, just relax. Yeah. Go, you know, stretch out for a few minutes, close your eyes. I think, you know, kind of going back to our podcast on cravings, I think so many times when we have sugar cravings, that is really, we are just exhausted. Yes. Our brains are overwhelmed. For me, gosh, going and laying down, I don't have to go to sleep, but just letting myself drift off, close my eyes for 10 or 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. That can be a game changer for the rest of the day. Just get myself centered. So So true. This next one is all about balancing your responsibilities, which we felt was really important to talk about, especially for moms. And we wanted to make this geared towards, I mean, not just moms, but we felt that, you know, in listening to previous podcasts and the different ways that we've heard about time management, you know, you brought this up, Lisa, that it's often from somebody who's male and somebody who maybe, you know, doesn't have kids. Like, I mean, I don't have kids personally, but I can definitely see how if, I mean, I'm a dog mom, that's nowhere near having kids, but I could definitely see how it'd be easy for that to be something that can take up all of your time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we wanted to talk about how, how in the world, you know, a mom could find some extra time, could balance her responsibilities And part of that is, you know, we're not wanting to take away that priority of, you know, knowing that your children are really important and that they should be a part of your life and all of that. But how do we figure out how to create some balance in that so mom can get some me time without feeling selfish or like she's depriving her kids, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think you'd be an awesome person to speak. 
to this. Well, yeah, I love everything that you said. I, I think, you know, as a mom, I do know that this can feel tricky because, you know, hopefully your kids are your number one priority. I mean, that's as it should be. But we also have to be honest about when we are over-functioning, to use your language, for them, that when we're, you know, gosh, maybe we could have them do some of their own chores, Mm -hmm. clean up after themselves just a little bit so that we can reclaim some of our time and understanding that that is really setting themselves setting them up to be, you know, healthy, functional human beings, Mm -hmm. right? So that's not negating their childhood to ask them to kind of do their part just a little bit. And that can save quite a bit of time. The other thing, just as a mindset shift is getting clear about the fact that mom getting healthy, oh my goodness, that is a game changer for the happiness of the entire family. You're going to be more patient. You're going to have more energy. You're going to want to play with your kids when you feel better. So that is the biggest gift you can give your family. And you're being a good role model, not only for healthy habits, but also that, yeah, I'm a mom, but I'm also a human being that's worth taking care of myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? We want to model that for our kids. Not that being a mom means being a martyr and sacrificing yourself on the altar of motherhood. No, because we give to our children's children what we give to ourselves, essentially. That's so good. And if you're if you're only showing them how to be a martyr, that being a martyr is what they will learn to do in their life, mm-hmm. their own lives in different ways. Right. Or or you know, sometimes it's either they will do the exact same as you or they will expect the world to do that for them. That's so good. So, you know, just understanding those dynamics, um, I think can help empower people to say, Okay, it's important that I take care of my health so that my my kids can do that for themselves right. as well. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, yeah, I care about my kids more than that. So mm. understand that we kind of need to get clear on what's driving us to overfunction for our kids. And yes. I am speaking as number one chief enabler. I mean, for <laughs> real. Like, I have really, you know, gone way too far on that end of the spectrum. But again, that's coming from a, I'm trying to make up for some things in my past. Mm -hmm. That's what's been driving that behavior. So we have to kind of get clear on, is this actually serving them for me to be at their beck and call? And of course it depends on the age of your kids. So that's going to really change. I have teenagers. So, you know, it's, you know, it's easier for sure because they can do so much more for themselves. But the last piece of this, and we've talked about this in our Healthy Boundaries podcast, is being brave enough to communicate with your family what you're trying to do mm-hmm. so that, you know, I'm trying to get healthy so I can be a good mom and all of these things. So I need to reclaim some of my time. And I would love for you to be willing to help with that a little bit, you know, be really positive about it, but let them know what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. that things may be shifting a little yes. bit, but this is not at them. Right. It's not because you no longer love them. Right. That now I'm, you know, being selfish. Right. Well, and, and there may, and I think that that is just doing such a, it's such a gift for you to tell them in advance because any sort of change in a family system is going to cause friction. 
that's just the natural process of change. It's it's not typical that the that a mom could completely change what's going on in her life, and then everybody in the family is like, okay, cool, that's awesome, right? So true. There's gonna be some friction, but I yeah. think the fact that you're you're letting them in on it from the get go and trying to even get them involved in the process, it just helps. It helps them kind of. You know, it buffers that resistance. And they don't a feel bit. threatened. Yeah, they don't feel as threatened. They're like, wow, okay, mom's mom's clearly communicating with me. This is something she's wanting, you know, and it it offers an opportunity for them to talk about their concerns mm-hmm. and for you to have a dialogue about it if they're old enough for that. Um, but if they're not, you know, there's gonna be a little bit of resistance and then, you know, yeah. then the family goes back into the homeostasis of the yeah. new the new normal, right? And it's really fun to see this happen in real life. I have mm-hmm. so many clients that have kids who tell me, oh my gosh, this is fun. My kids are loving that I now want to play tag with them. Right. I want to go run around and be physically active. I am more patient with my kids. We're, you know, cooking together. So this is not all negative. This isn't right. like, okay, you know, that zero sum game that if mom wins, everybody else loses. Right. No, this is actually, you know, helping everyone win in a different way. But but that is really an internal mental shift. I think as mom, as moms, the fuel that, you know, we're running on is guilt. Mm-hmm. I know for myself, I guess I shouldn't propose to speak for other people, but I've worked with enough moms to know that this is pretty universal, that we don't want to cheat our kids out of their childhood. We want them to be able to do all the activities to, you know, be there for story time, all of those things. And it's just figuring out, okay, how can I be a really good mom, make them feel loved and cherished and attended to, and get in some of these healthy habits? And it is possible, but again, it's about kind of stepping back from how you're currently using your time and seeing if there are places that, you know, one of the examples, and then we'll wrap this up, but my husband actually chimed in uh, about you know, being at soccer practice with the kids and seeing a lot of moms that are walking mm-hmm. during that time while their kids are practicing. Maybe they're, you know, at the Y and they're walking around the track or whatever versus, you know, the moms or dads that are sitting and again on their phones, being on social media. So that's mm-hmm. just a perfect example. That doesn't cost the kids anything. Mm-hmm. You're at their practice, but you're also getting your own needs met. Maybe even being social yes. at the same time. So yes. There are, it's just about thinking a little bit differently and not going back to that black or white thinking. Yeah. You know, that I don't have time to do it all perfectly. Or like how, you know, I don't have time to do this specific gym plan and the specific meal exactly. prep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So no. it's getting out of that, you know, on the wagon, off the wagon, I have to do it all and do it perfectly or it's not worth doing it all. Yeah, or I have to do the 100% versus the like <laughs> the 20% that actually That's it. does the move the needle, right? Rule is yeah. so powerful. It really is. It so really is. so hopefully you've been able to receive some of this without feeling too triggered or defensive and again, that's how I've felt listening to some of these in the past, which is why we've really tried to you know, avoid sounding dogmatic or that we're trying to shame people into doing extras. Right. And adding in our own real life experiences and the fact that, you know, we're still figuring out how to, you know, do this in our own lives, you know, even more so, you know, we're on this journey too, basically. Absolutely. So we're not here to 
preach from our mountain hilltop of of mastering time management. I, I want to find this, you know, mythical hilltop, you know, the, where we get it's, to preach down from. It's in Kansas. Oh, it is, oh, right, in the flatlands. Right, I'll keep looking. But so that's why that's yeah. why I'm here. That, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, I I I think it is worth reiterating that. Jenny and I are, we talk all the time, you know, privately about all of the things that we're still trying to figure out in all of these areas, Mm -hmm. in fitness, in nutrition, relationships, you know, work, self, self self-worth, all of the things we are all still, we're all on this journey together. And the more we can open up about this stuff, gosh, maybe you have strategies that we didn't even talk about that maybe we don't know about, please share with us on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear from you and learn from you. Yes. We can all learn from each other that we are, we work with clients. And so we've got some more examples, but that doesn't make us any oh, renowned no, experts. No, there's definitely, I'm always learning. And there's funny, I mean, in this field, I, I think one of the coolest things is that I'm constantly learning from my clients and they'll come up with yeah. awesome metaphors and quotes and things that I'm like, mm, I'm going to steal that. Is that okay? Like, yeah, so you know, good. they're just, it's just amazing to yeah. what, you know, what I guess we have the honor to do in our careers. So, yeah. um, but that's all to say that applies in, in life as well, that we can always learn from each other. Yeah. Without preaching at each other or feeling preached at, because yes. that's not what's happening here. So <laughs> thanks for tuning in and letting us ramble on. And again, we always would love to hear from you. If there are topics that you'd like us to cover that we haven't, please you know shoot us a message or comment on our Facebook page and we will get on it. Sounds good. Have an awesome week. Have a great week.